Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're experimenting with drugs. We are experimenting with drugs, Johnny. Everything that we were taught in school not to do, we're gonna do. We're gonna line up some cocaine and some heroin, and we're gonna we're gonna have it. We're not actually gonna oh. have at it, but we're gonna talk. Wait, we're gonna talk about the history Ooh. of drugs, Johnny. And, should uh, should and I all. not have uh, taken that LSD then yet? No, you're good. You, yeah, you, I mean, you can have it. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm gonna experiment with my drug of choice, with his, which is beer. So uh, that we'll seems go, we'll safer. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, well, I don't know. According to America, at one point <laughs> it was not uh, the safer alternative than morphine and heroin. But, Mor but wait, we'll, morphine we'll and get... the heroin? Okay, all right. Yeah, so yeah, we're we'll going all the way back, right, to uh, the beginning of the war on drugs, which yes. uh, apparently started way, way back when. Early 1900s, 18. Early, yes, early 1900s. Although the term "war on drugs" doesn't really get started. Uh, in popular culture until Nixon administration. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the whole war on drugs, but we're going to break it up into segments. So yeah. this episode's going to be uh, the beginning years up to up to Nixon. Okay. And then, uh, and then you know, maybe next month we'll have another episode, which will take it up a little bit further. Uh, but for those of you outside of the United States listening, America decided at one point that we were going to have a war on drugs. That's and right. we were going to fight our drug usage by just arresting everybody. Yeah. And it worked. And, no worked. more drugs in America. No it's amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, we definitely do not have a problem with drugs. Except we do, uh, as of today, have the most people incarcerated for nonviolent offenses, which are all pretty much drug offenses, in the entire world com combined. So, I mean... Sounds like it was a great success if your yeah. end goal is to arrest a lot of people. Yes. Which so great <laughs> Which we did. Which we did. <laughs> and which which kinda was their end goal. So we'll we'll jump into it. So through the nineteenth century, all the way through the eighteen hundreds, pretty much all the way up until the nineteen hundreds, uh, there were absolutely no federal restrictions on any drug in the United States whatsoever. Now a lot Blues, of that is lack of knowledge and lack of drug availability and just there didn't need to be right but there were still drugs around right what what did they have early on uh well they had they had opium uh, they had okay. cocaine they had heroin uh, they had morphine johnny and a lot of these drugs were actually uh intermixed with with alcohol and sold as cough syrup or ah. headache medication, or my favorite, your kids having some tooth pains because they're teething. That's well, right. put some heroin on it. Now I've kids I've heard not of not going to complain again. I've heard of, like the whiskey bit, and so that was apparently came after they decided that heroin <laughs> was bad. They're like, now we'll, okay, we'll just use hard alcohol, I guess, to numb my kids' face. Hard uh, alcohol, alcohol instead. So yeah. I th I didn't so, realize how far back heroin went. 
Uh, that, so heroin or, was first, if my research is correct, which, you know, give, give or take, hair, uh, uh, morphine was the, the, the chemical heroin and the morphine yeah, was split yeah, from yeah, the yeah. opium-derived drug around the 1840s is when okay. this stuff started getting split. So through the Civil War, and actually I didn't, I didn't really know this until doing some more research, uh, morphine was actually heavily used during the Civil War. Um, I mean. Which is odd because when you go to, like, reenactments and things, most people just talk about, like, bite down on a stick, but they actually have like, morphine. Bite down and, on a stick and take this morphine also <laughs> tell the stick and take this morphine yeah and that morphine um yeah the soldiers surprisingly got addicted to this what shit to morphine given that's so weird it's so non-addictive and hasn't caused any sort of problems in the united states more recently yeah and then of course after the war after you get these soldiers who lost a leg and started taking morphine for their pain and continue yeah. to take morphine for their pain or laudanum uh which is another like opium derivative uh it wasn't hard for them to keep getting it because it literally was over the counter. Like laudanum was your Tylenol of the day. Yeah. Just go in, get your opium, get your morphine, get your heroin, get your laudanum, whatever. So whatever. instead of opium all these derivative, it's good. So instead of all these people who became addicted to morphine or essentially heroin, whatever the case may be, instead of them, uh, I don't know, going and robbing a bank or a store or something else in order to get the money to feed their very expensive expensive addiction or maybe not expensive i don't know uh but in, or, in order to feed their addiction uh instead of doing that they just went into a store and bought it yeah they just went and, and then i imagine okay but then i imagine they went on some pretty crazy heroin fueled rampages and and did a lot of damage to everything really all of society yeah or just or just were addicted and slept at home. Oh. Uh, some some fun some fun facts I found out. Sears and Roebuck, yes yes Sears that that company that used to be a catalog company yeah, right. that yeah. had brick and mortar stores that yep. somehow never adapted to the internet and now don't really exist anymore. I mean I remember they were my childhood. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, it was the Sears catalog. You could get anything from it. Yeah, the Sears catalog in 1890 uh, offered a syringe full of cocaine for a dollar fifty. So. A syringe full of cocaine. <laughs> you could get a syringe full but of cocaine mailed to your house they, for a dollar fifty. Now, I know something about drugs, but not a lot. You inject cocaine. Was that a liquid cocaine? I would assume. I would assume it's liquefied yes, cocaine. Yes, it's liquefied cocaine. I imagine okay. they mix the cocaine with water or something. I'm not a drug. Yeah, it wouldn't person, be water, so but that's not, okay. You sure? Alcohol? I don't know. Perhaps. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. That's not. That's not. That's not who I am. Anyways, another fun fact is uh, is Sherlock Holmes. Uh, his his character was in the original books that were written in the 1890s. Uh, was a rampant heroin addict. Uh, so popular culture, like if this was around, like people knew it existed. Well, I mean, but it wasn't like. Yeah, as far as like cocaine goes, uh, if you watch like Amadeus, there's like people put sticking their little pinkies and their little yep. sniffer thing, and do, it was just like it was a posh thing to do, is what the the, mm -hmm. the elites did, uh, probably because it was more expensive than whatever other drugs were available. Um, I'd imagine so. And, so uh, all th and, all um, through the birth of this nation, we had basically whatever drugs we wanted to treat whatever ailments we had. They didn't treat the ailments, but they were drugs, and so they made you feel better. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's know, like, oh, you got you got whooping cough here. Have some heroin. It's like, are you better? Well, my whooping cough's still here, but yeah, I feel great. <laughs> Uh, and, and doctors, like I said, doctors prescribed uh, uh, morphine for use on babies for teething. They prescribed morphine for pretty much everything. Like you have whooping because cough. Because it Here, would do, do anything. Yeah, it just sedated people. Like it, that's all. It, it's just made them zombies, and then that's all they wanted to do. And so they didn't care about anything else. But of course, with everything, everything has to come to an end. We do have Naturally. to start. Uh, you know, people who are, you know, 
reading their Bibles or doing whatever they do, mm -hmm. think that I, I need to dictate how you should live your life. So sure. they start dictating how we should live our lives. And there begins to have some regulations. So through the late 1800s, there was an influx of the use of re recreational substances. So opium, uh, laudanum, morphine, heroin, cocaine. It starts to become used uh, not to necessarily treat that headache, but man. For fun. I feel, I feel pretty good on it. Oh, and I and, crave it when I'm no longer taking it also. So. Yeah, yeah, there's, so there's that. And there's a big thing that happened. Um, opium mostly comes from, from you know, from, from Asia. And, and uh, we're building a railroad, and we need people to work on the railroad, which, uh, which kills hmm. a lot of people. And so there's not a lot of it's people who are like, yeah. yes, I want to go work on the railroad. So we start influxing and in, in, in importing um, Chinese uh, oh. Uh, population to come over here and mm -hmm. work on our railroads and these and we paid things. them a fair wage and gave and them we, proper accommodations yep. it wasn't just another sure. form of slavery at all no it wasn't not at all that would be ridiculous and, that'd be and insane so they, they brought with them larger quantities of opium which is where opium really starts to get used as a uh, as a recreational drug yeah. um, of choice we get our opium dens which were very very yeah. dangerous you would go into this opium den uh, you would get your pipe of opium you would smoke your mm -hmm. pipe of opium and you would go to sleep yep but you very could be there dangerous. for Can't hours yeah you could be there hours. hours days days yeah. days and that's bad because if if you're supposed to be working on the railroad and you're right sleeping, yeah you can't well i mean that's not we can't happen. have you doing that so opium becomes really popular in large cities and along the railroad lines, and um, and there's something that we have in, in, in the United States that's that's rampant. When you're white, and and we see and we see white people doing things that non-white like people oh. do, we don't like that. And so when we started seeing white people getting addicted to opium, well, we can't have that. Well, we're so, appropriating their culture, so it would be an, inappropriate in order for white people to do the opium. It would be inappropriate. So, uh, so well, we're going to go ahead and start regulating things, and that's going to be opium. So they uh, they decided to uh, to do the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906, which is the very first thing in the United States that uh, has any kind of regulation on drugs. And it doesn't actually make any of these drugs illegal, but what it does do is say, hey, listen, um, at least when you're writing on the the toothache medicine bottle, you actually have to write what's in. Ah, so, okay. So bottle. this is this is when so, we got the ingredients list. This was the yeah, first. This is, where this is early list. early FDA type stuff. Then yeah, this is early FDA type stuff. So, yeah. So this is this is uh, this is you can put the alcohol and the opium and the laudanum and the sure. heroin. And you all just got to tell medicine. people what you, you do. You just got to tell people them. that that it's in there. So that's the very first thing. But uh, but that doesn't do enough to you know curb the whole Asian people smoking opium and getting white people to smoke it. So no, it the, turns out people who are going to do a lot of opium don't give a shit what's in it. Yeah, don't give a shit what's in it. So is there opium in it? Yeah. <laughs> There's the Opium Exclusion Act of 1909, which bans in imp the import, possession, and smoking of recreational opium. But notice, I just said opium. It does yeah. nothing for the for the medical practice uh, of yeah, I was going to say recreational yeah, opium, well, too. Yeah, so. yeah, recreational opium. It does nothing for the medical part of you know opium or heroin or morphine, which is all kind sure. of derived from the same plant. So, And it also doesn't mention morphine or heroin. It just specifically mentions opium so. this sounds like it was a little bit targeted as far as the law goes i wonder who they could have been going after with this <laughs> i wonder and um it, it also is a, is just pretty much a tax you can't have it you can't import it you can't use it but if you're caught you don't go to jail it's a ticket you just get a ticket it's so a tax it's pot in some states at this current time yes like because if you're in, i think in it, indiana now it's just a ticket right i think didn't they decriminalize they did I don't, I don't, they're going to be last on the train uh yeah. but yeah a lot of um, places you just get a ticket for it and that's it they just want their money 
Yeah, because what if you if you're from outside of the United States, if you don't know, uh, in the United States, if there's something that we want to ban, but there might be something in the Constitution to prevent that, right. or there might be uh, there might be some some issues at hand getting that law passed. What we do instead is we just make a tax about it, and we tax you yeah. as opposed to outright banning it. Give us that because, money, you know. We make it. We make it a rich it person's luxury. We do. We make it a rich person's luxury. Um, it's odd that the first federal law restricting the use of the drug was smoking opium in, in the Alien Exclusion Act as opposed to anything else because, as we said, it, it seems like it's targeting a very specific group of people because it was people a very specific group of people that were smoking, smoking opium. opium. Yeah. That as, oppo as opposed to using heroin, mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost like they weren't white. Mm. And we weren't – we were cool with the white people doing their thing. But of course. But we were cool <laughs> I mean, with – That's the American with, way. <laughs> with uh, other people doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, then we get the big one, Johnny. The first real one that comes up that's that's more universal across the line, and that's the Harrison Narcotics Act of 1914, ah, which taxed okay. the sale, production, distribution of everything uh, that was All derived from opium. That was derived of opium and cocoa products. So basically, cocaine, everything everything that the police officers want to know if you have it in your car is supplied to it. Yes. The, they're taxing it now again. Oh, just taxes. Yeah, just, just taxes. again. Just not, rich people can illegal. do it yes, now. Okay, now um, if you're not, so I get arrested and I'm not able to afford my tax. Now I go to jail, right? If I can't uh, pay my ticket, potentially, yes, yes. Uh, Are they taking you'll, you'll okay, go to? Anyway. Yeah, you, you'll go to. You'll go to like the poor man's jail at this point. If you can't pay the tax, you 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 will go to the you know. Like it's which the same I, thing if you can't pay your which would have some type of I taxes. don't know probably uh, labor to help work off the money that we're not able to at, afford at this time perhaps on a railroad mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. somewhere down out west like a little bit you know we're breaking up rocks along the side of the road yeah there is that um, this law actually comes off the tales of the Spanish American War in the 1890s because we acquired the Philippines during that war and the Philippines had lots of opium, lots yeah. of heroin, lots of cocaine because, you know, it's one of those Asian countries. And grows shit. well. Opium and... apparently grows really well in, in that climate. Yeah. Uh, and so we had a lot of soldiers coming back from the Spanish American War, same thing with the Civil War, getting addicted to A, the morphine that they're given for treatment anyways. Right. And B, you know, uh, when you have a soldier who's bored, he's given leave in a town in a foreign country, and he goes to the red light district and has sex with those whores and 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 gets introduced to the opiums. Tommy, uh, prostitutes. Sorry, a little bit of working respect. ladies, working ladies. Uh, uh, you know, they get addicted to the shit and then they come back home, and you know, now they want it at yeah. home too. Guess what? So we still can't, addicted. We can't have that. Yeah, still addicted. Still addicted. Uh, we can't have go that. Away. Uh, but then America got sidetracked after the Harrison uh, Narcotics Act, and, and we got concerned about the amounts of booze that we were drinking in the United States because Americans, believe it or not, have always liked their booze to a excess. We make fun of the Irish. We make fun of the, What's not to know, like? the Russians about how much that they drink, but the Americans and at this point in time, whoo. Okay, we, we, and I'm going to, I mean, to be fair to everybody during that time, the 1800s, early 1900s, there wasn't shit else to do. Yep, fair point. Fair you point. go down, you, so, you go to a, your little uh, local bar or some dude that's having a campfire, I guess, I don't know, and you, you sit around and drink. Yeah, well, and they drank for lunch, we do now. they drank for dinner, they drank on the job, didn't matter, operating that heavy machinery, let's go ahead and drink about it. Nah, I wish it wasn't around then, right? Yeah, right. The 18th Amendment, like I said, in the Volstead Act, which enforced, enforces the 18th Amendment in 1920, 
helps to create the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And now we have our first uh, state agency that's designed to go after drugs. Yeah. Specifically is, is, so alcohol it, at this point. Oh, so al- okay, so alcohol is included in the whole narcotics the, drugs fe- fe- type yeah, thing. Federal at Bureau this of Narcotics. At this point, at this point during the 18th Amendment, the only thing that's actually illegal to consume uh, and illegal to produce and manufacture and distribute and all that stuff is opium and alcohol. Uh, heroin, morphine, cocaine, they're taxed, but right. they're not actually illegal. They're yeah. just taxed. Okay. The booze is where we and get the, the booze big is illegal. That's where we draw the line. Now, why would they draw the line of the booze? Is it was it ju- was it uh, just uh, well, like we we are going purse to do clutching an, and uh, yeah, we we are going to do an episode on prohibition and why prohibition comes about. But essentially, what you have is you have a couple of people high up in Congress who decide for whatever reason that beer is bad or alcohol is bad, mm-hmm. and then push their agenda through um, literal violence and threatening and intimidation. To get their way to make it illegal. A lot easier then, to do back then without video cameras. Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, now there's the whole video cameras that can't do that quite as easily. And, and I mean, they still weird. do. They just have to be sneakier. Not surprisingly, there was a lot of hypocrisy going on during the Prohibition <sighs> era when, uh, when you had politicians going, you can't drink beer as they're <sighs> drinking their beer. Now... Uh, it, it doesn't take very long in America before the uh, the Volstead Act gets repealed and the 18th Amendment gets repealed. So in 1933, we're, we decide, look, that was bad. That that war on alcohol didn't really. I mean, it was three mafia. amendments later, right? That's yeah, why there's was. 21st but, Amendment liquor stores. Yeah, yeah, but we create, <laughs> but we we created the mafia. We created organized crime. Uh, well done there. Well done there. Uh, and we gave them avenues to get lots and lots of cash to buy their way out. Uh, they exposed all the corruption in the American government, which we didn't want to do. That so was, in order I, to save that face, was a, yeah, that was an oversight. They missed that. They didn't think it was going to happen, but it happened. You know, it does. But it, it happened. Things, so, things happen this way. Yeah. So in order to save face, they get rid of prohibition. Now enter Harry J. Anslinger, who is the first commissioner of the FBU, the you know the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, the FBN, not, sorry, the, not the FBU. Okay. Uh, the, not the FBI, the FBN, okay. the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. He is the, the very first, the first commissioner, Harry J. Anslinger, who, after prohibition ends, decides, uh, "I'm kind of screwed. What I don't have a job." Yeah. Of having, I mean, which, by the way, uh, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. The FBN is a part of the uh, the the IRS because, again, taxes tax. as opposed to actual, you know, all, laws. all we care about is money. If you That's pay us enough money to do things, you can keep doing it. You can keep doing it. And That's then exactly when the prison it. systems become more profitable than allowing you to sell this stuff illegally, we'll just arrest people and then make the prison systems profitable. But I'm sure so I'm ha- skipping some steps. No, you're, you're, you're right there. So Harry J. Hanslinger, he's, uh, he's, he's worried about his job. He's worried about his employment. He's worried about his, you know, he's got all those people underneath him that he's worried about. Like, what's going to happen to these guys? He's got a family probably like, to worry about. Like, the vast majority of the thing that we've got that we're worried about is now gone, so... Uh, so there's not a lot of people smoking opium in, 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 in Chinese opium dens anymore. That was probably a little racist. I do apologize for that. I don't know. Was it? I mean, it was a Chinese opium. I mean, well, okay. Uh, it, it was at the, t- at the time. That's where they came from. They stemmed from that. That's yeah. where it's so, made popular. So, you know, at, there's not a lot of opium dens floating around anymore. So we're not really too care- terribly concerned about opium as itself. So, uh, so we got to have this number this other enemy. And at this point mm-hmm. in time, there was an influx of immigration coming from the south of the border. We don't like that. More, yeah, we got a lot more Mexicans coming in, and they're brown, so we you're right. We don't, don't like I that. Mean, uh, and we still don't time, like that. What do you... <laughs> yeah, we still like that. <laughs> at this yeah. point in time, <laughs> I mean, I don't care. At, at this point I, in time, 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't At this point in time, in 1930, we uh, we have lots of production of hemp as a uh, like cannabis for the hemp for for paper products, for rope. clothing products, for rope. Uh, all make kinds of awesome stuff. necklaces that I used to make all the time. Awesome uh, necklaces that Johnny used to make. Super wear. cool. Sold them in seventh grade for like ten bucks a pop. It was amazing. Hey, there you go. And uh, and at this point in time, it wasn't you know uh, uh, cannabis wasn't to particularly used for uh, for recreational purposes. It was more of a commercial product for paper. There is a conspiracy theory that Anslinger's approach is is more on the paper end, but in reality, what it is is he needs to save his job, so he needs a yeah. drug to he go needs, after has to, to make find illegal. something to vilify. He has to find something to vilify. So insert the marijuana uh, with an H. Devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. So before being known as marijuana in the United States, it was known as Indian cannabis. Oh, because that's not racist. We associated, <laughs> we associated uh, cannabis and cannabis use with Native Americans because um, they what? were the ones who were primarily using it. Also, the weren't they more into peyote, though? Uh, well, well, as far well, as for the that's, ritual, that's, that's south, a ritualistic that's, that's, thing, right? And that's south. That's southwest where you get in the peyote. That's okay. the, That's the southwest plain. You know, that, okay. those tribes, because uh, peyote's a cactus and it doesn't. And it's really more grow. of a hallucinogen too, right? Yeah. yeah. Wonder where they saw yeah. those spirits. Huh. Anyways, so insert marijuana and uh, and uh, and you know the whole cannabis as a commercial crop and ancillary eating problem. So we've got increased Mexican population coming into the United States. They mm. are bringing the cannabis with them, uh, the marijuana with them, dirty, and they are smoking drugs. it and they are uh, enjoying smoking it. Oh, uh, can you so, imagine? In 1930, and I want to want to phrase this this change. I've got to do this. So I'm going to give you two, a couple of quotes here. So 1930, okay. Harry Anslinger said, and I quote: "There is probably no more absurd fallacy than the idea that marijuana makes people violent." No he shit. argued against going after <laughs> marijuana in the 1930s because in the 1930s, some people were like, "We should go after marijuana for going after alcohol." But and why? Then no, do shit. It's fine. Then do shit. Makes it, I mean. Most people who smoke it say, meh, and they walk away from it. The people who do continue to smoke it, you know. They're not going to fight you, bud. Uh, they're not going to fight you. They're not going to fight you. They're not going to rape your white women. They're not going no. to do any of that kind of stuff. But see, after Prohibition ended, he needed to spread a fear campaign over marijuana because we now have a lot of Mexicans coming in. They're now smoking it. And mm -hmm. so easy target because white people don't. Well, I mean, any any type of person who doesn't look just like us, they can go ahead and get the hell out of here because they're here to cause it's crime and nothing else. They're here to rape and pillage our lands to get back at us for all the raping and pillaging and of their pillaging lands of their that we lands. have done for the past <laughs> 5,000 years. So I have a... So, so he... Then turns Probably his his, his fear mongering yeah. well yeah whatever he turns his fear mongering over to the uh, to the marijuana plants and my favorite couple of quotes is he has is the first one is marijuana is the most violent drug in the history of mankind you smoke a joint and you're likely to kill your brother marijuana is the most violent causing drug in the history of mankind wow that, so he went in nineteen thirty he went from it is absurd to say it's violent. To 1933, it is the most violent drug ever. Dad, I mean, you, I don't, I, this is, that seemed this is extreme. The, I, this is the better, this is the better quote, Johnny. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the United States, and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, <laughs> jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, That's and any others. And That's we cannot okay. have uh, that, Johnny. We cannot have that. I mean, this just goes to show you that the arts have always been shit on in the USA because they're obviously trying to vilify and they're saying it's going to be the 
the blacks, it's going to be the Filipinos, it's going to be the Mexicans, and it's going to be the entertainers, which is just code word for the white people who also smoke pot, because they've yeah. already covered the other people that they were yeah, they sure <laughs> trying did. to vilify. Uh, but yeah, basically it was, uh, oh, white women are going and smoking pot of these jazz clubs, because jazz clubs are dope obviously and Which, so of course the way, going. and they got mad at that and didn't like it and so they're like well how can i uh i don't know arrest all these people and put them in jail and ruin their lives for and most uh, of, yeah, entertaining no our women and most of that stemmed from from prohibition itself because before prohibition women weren't allowed in bars oh, um, i mean they definitely women? weren't allowed out of the house because why would we allow them out of the house uh, why do they need teenage, to leave the house right especially a teenage and young women who were supposed to you know like be pregnant the men were supposed to come to them and court them and impregnate them the women were supposed to go out and have fun so when prohibition hit and we have all these speakeasies where now men can't legally go uh they bring women with them you know the the, the flapper girls you know, oh yeah dance with the dresses them. the yeah, headbands hot uh, hot if my wife i know she's never going to listen to this but if you're listening to this hot I'll, wear that shit. I'll, I'll text her now, uh, uh, so this gives the women their independence, and of course, then those women go off after prohibition ends, and they're smoking marijuana at the jazz club because that's the new big thing. Like, jazz yeah. music, ah, that's the new big thing. Which so also, beer, beer ja- by the way, uh, jazz clubs are cool as can be, but jazz gives me anxiety. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't understand it, but it's fine. <laughs> hey, you know, each their own. Now. And Slinger, he's going after making his fear-mongering campaign, making up bullshit about how it makes you violent. He had he mm. ran art, articles in newspapers, cartoons, all that kind of stuff, showing like Mexicans smoking marijuana and then going off and raping white women or Mexicans <laughs> like in smoking cartoons, marijuana. Right? And, this is yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, in cartoons. So this is their, your political cartoon is, is just brown people getting high and raping women, and that white you know, women, Johnny, right, white course, women, specific, which is of course the only ones that mattered at that time, uh, in in a way, like they mattered in in a sense that like white men wanted them and nobody else could have them but beyond that they didn't uh and hell the reason why why marijuana today is called marijuana in the united states is because of this fear-mongering campaign he had to attribute cannabis to mexicans so he used the mexican word for it marijuana which used to be spelled with an h and And in fact the 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 original law that will come out of this was spelled with an h not with a j so uh was this just it was cannabis is what they called it here? Or what did they yeah, call we, it? Well, it was just... Well, Johnny, you... This is, I, I know, I, kids, I, you said it earlier, is, I just forgot. Hold on. This is the real <laughs> reason why you don't smoke marijuana at home. I heard it earlier, have, I just don't remember you it. You don't have mental retention. We called it Indian cannabis. Indian cannabis. Well, oh, you don't want to know why I didn't remember it, Tommy? Because it was racist. Because it was racist, and I'm not a racist person. That's why. Yeah. I did good to forget uh, it, because... Uh, I want to leave that behind us. Before his law gets passed, Congress already knows that everything he's saying is complete and total bullshit. They, they don't did care, though, right? On marijuana uh, and cannabis use, and it's determined like it does not make you violent. It does no. not make you rape crazed. It does not make you. There's no gateway drug. It doesn't make you do. It doesn't make you do anything. In fact, there are Makes ill. There, there lazy are no. That's about it. There are no known <laughs> ill health effects of it, really, in comparison to like other things. Like at that time, now at obviously time. there's lung stuff, but this is a time but, where people are four yeah, out of well, five we doctors were recommending tobacco. a brand of cigarettes. Yes, it's true. Yeah, so uh, they knew it was bullshit. It didn't stop them. So in in 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act is passed. Saving Anslinger's job because now they have another thing to go after. Again, Brown just people smoking marijuana. We're just a tax, tax act, shift. right? It's still a tax. It's still a tax at point. It isn't strictly illegal. So they can't be arrested. Taxes, uh, taxes for the people buying. It's just 
I have to pay. It's like the cigarette taxes now, right? Similar to that. Well, sort of, except. Or did they were taxes a different thing back then? So insert FDR. So. Ah. So, uh, so. Love that guy. Yeah, good old FDR. I, I did in high school. I argued that FDR was our greatest president. Now the more I've learned about FDR and things that he's done, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he shouldn't go down as maybe one of our worst presidents. <laughs> Because now um, is he the one that you wanted on our world's first person, or is that uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson? Woodrow Wilson. Okay, that's right. person. Didn't we have him? I think we. Had I think him we might have had him. We had him on the. We <laughs> he did. lost to Hitler. Anyways, he did lose to Hitler, which <laughs> uh, rightfully so. It was yeah, it was America's Hitler versus versus Hitler's Hitler versus the original, the OG. Anyway, uh, so the first term of the war on drugs actually comes up to. Uh, uh, to attribute it to FDR, but not really, because it's not actually FDR's word. It's the New York Times creating an article that's a buzz line, and then that yeah. gets a, that gets it goes from there. So FDR okay. was in support of something called the uh, Uniform State Narcotic Drug Act of 1934. Okay. So what he wanted to do is he said, "Hey, this tax isn't working because." Um, it doesn't actually make it illegal. I can't actually arrest anybody can't for this stuff. Shit. I can only tax them. So I want you to be able to have the ability to 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 go after and confiscate, destroy, and arrest people uh, for is. for distributing it. And, and so in 1934, yeah. it was made illegal. So the marijuana tax act in 1937 actually does make it so that you can. It's not just a tax. It now is, it's like, illegal. You can be now, for. yeah. Now it's a possession charge. Now it's a possession charge. And so when FDR came out in support of that, like I said, the New York Times ran an article that says, Roosevelt asked narcotic war aid. So um, there's your start of the whole war on drugs okay. is he's going after narcotics. So 34 um, is, the, is the official start is, so, at, of well, the phrase. of the uh, sort, sort of, yes. I mean, people attribute it to Nixon uh, because that's really where that's, the media was That was ramped up, and that's when the CIA drugs. started – shipping cocaine to inner cities to arrest more black people no oh you were that's next episode johnny <laughs> spoiler alert that happens spoiler alert so we're gonna here we're gonna lead up to the war on drugs johnny the official okay. war on drugs uh, like i said here so the go. first term comes with fdr then enter uh enter uh, tricky dick nixon <laughs> And what the official nickname. war on drugs begins. Uh, well, Nixon gets credit for starting the war on drugs uh, when he says that heroin was the public enemy number one in 1971. Comes out news media article, which I'm going to play now. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. I have asked the Congress to provide the legislative authority and the funds to fuel this kind of an offensive. But in reality, his administration was actually just continuing the policies over the last 35 years, specifically FDR's, uh, you know, whole uni Uniform State Narcotic Drug Act, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this, uh, puts mandatory minimums specifically on uh, on marijuana possession of two to ten years. So if you get caught with marijuana, it doesn't matter how much. Two to ten years? If you got caught with marijuana after the 1937 uh, <laughs> Marijuana Tax Act. And you said you it doesn't matter how much. That's like literally, minimum. they didn't have uh, like under caught, an ounce or under no, a half, was, you whatever. Caught a you got caught with a half a joint. That's a Mandatory that's minimum bang. two years. Two, two years. years. Yep. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm guessing that uh, two was reserved for a certain uh, skin tone and that 
10 was reserved for another. You might be right, Johnny. You might be right. Um, also, Nixon himself. Yeah. Also, Nixon himself never specifically said war on drugs. He just said heroin was, you know, the United States public enemy number one. Now, and can, I, can I say I? I agree. I, heroin can get the hell out of here. Like yeah, I'm okay heroin with, can. Like, and and to be fair, he had a reason to say heroin was the was the public enemy number one because at this point in time, the Vietnam War is going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and through World War, well, through the Civil War, through the Spanish-American War, through World War One, through World War Two, through Korea, through Vietnam, we uh, we gave our soldiers morphine. Yeah, and that's basically when you, when, when you stop getting morphine from the hospital today, you go to the streets and you get heroin, you get heroin. because it's the same. And and in fact, it was so rampant that in the med kits that they gave you, the soldier. There were serrets filled with morphine. So this is this is not much different than uh, the way uh, methamphetamines were treated during World War with the uh, Germans. We well, well, and we did it with ours too, and we still we did it for a long time with the amphetamines. So same, so same type of same type of deal same though, where thing. they're just <laughs> like, hey, here's this thing, and it's it's helpful in this way. Oh, by the way, it's also highly addictive and will probably ruin your life. And so there were soldiers who were taking these 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 med kits and going, I just shot a fucking kid in the face, and I don't feel good about that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go uh, ahead and forget about it for however long a morphine or heroin high lasts. I don't... And it was true hours, that... And, of course, you're in Vietnam, so it's not like it's hard to find heroin of because course, it's derived yeah. from opium, and it's in a place where it grows Tropical, so well. yeah. Poppy seeds and poppy plants, and you know what? We use poppy for everything. We got the we got the poppy. Uh, what is it? The 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 the, the poppy lemon seed bagels. Poppy seed bagels. Yeah, that, that's the only reason I ever failed drug tests. I, I, <laughs> I had a poppy seed bagel, sir. So you failed you failed your drug test and tested positive for THC because you ate a poppy seed. That's bagel. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've never failed here. a drug test, by the way. Because I don't uh, have so to in, take them. And it was, in fact, well, because you're you're self-employed. My boss doesn't yeah. care what I anyway, do. Yeah, yeah. It was, in <laughs> fact, uh, uh, that 15% of the soldiers in Vietnam were actually addicted to heroin or morphine or one of the two. And, uh, and 15%? So 15% of the soldiers in Vietnam That's were actually addicted high. to heroin. That's high. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but here's the catcher. You know, we know Anslinger had to use racism to justify the war on drugs Naturally. to keep the job, right? Which is what he did. And so there's a conspiracy theory that Nixon is going after heroin for the same reason because he's a racist because he's a racist okay and normally i don't give a lot of credit to conspiracy theorists because it, it, it takes a lot like if for a conspiracy to exist everybody has to be in on it and there's the, no, yeah it's too the, it's, it's the main problem with a, any conspiracy is the number of people involved that have to make it work and collaborate together and anybody on the but, group project know that's that that's not going to happen but the thing is, Nixon is said to have been a controlling paranoid man that had a list of enemies, and a large part of them were people that, you know, spoke out against him. Say, hippies that spoke out against the war, or black people that didn't vote for him and spoke out against the war, uh, or black people that, that tended to uh, not like the fact that they were treated as third-class citizens. What? You know, why, would they not, out, you know, why would they not be okay with that merely a hundred years after they've been freed? Fought back for that. So, um, so I'm going to fast-forward a bit to 1994. There is a Former aide that worked in the Nixon administration by the name of John 
Ehrlichman. Uh, and, and he said in an interview in 1994 that, and I quote, the Nixon campaign in 1968, the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but getting the public... Uh, sorry, getting the public to associate hippies with marijuana and black people with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could also arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Uh, did we know what we were doing was lying about drugs? Of course we did, but we did it anyways. And um, yeah, because they don't care. It wasn't important what the actual thing is. And that's so much of this is is what it's all about is it's not important. It, it's they're They don't. The government doesn't care about your health, safety, and well-being. Okay? They want money, and they want to... Uh, stay in power. A lot of times stay in power and settle petty little uh, yeah. skirmishes or whatever. So now normally I don't take somebody's direct quote as necessarily gospel, especially if it's talking about somebody else or their previous boss or something like that, because they might be a little bit Of course, yeah, people are going to be upset about it or yeah, exaggerate or... Yeah, and again, conspiracy, there's a lot of people that have to participate in it, and, it's, and it's, it doesn't normally work. But, but here's the thing. This dude was arrested for participating in a conspiracy at Watergate where he actively participated with Nixon to bug the DNC mm -hmm. yeah. and try to corrupt all that crap and got arrested for it, convicted for it, and spent time in jail for it. So he had participated in conspiracies. So number two on this whole damn thing is, uh, is Nixon actually did, in fact, have a have an enemy list that was public knowledge through the whole Watergate scandal, which had hippies and black people listed on it. So, you know, it's not a far-fetched thought to think he fucking created a war on drugs to go after brown people and dirty people like Johnny which, uh, because they smoke the devil's lettuce. Well, and to be fair, I feel like, and I don't think that it's the hippies. I don't think it's the white it's the hippies that got him mad. But no, but here's the thing. I feel like he associates them with black people because those same hippies are most likely going to be very sympathetic and open to, I don't know, not being fucking racist. <laughs> and they're, so by his eyes, if you are a white supremacist, racist, whatever, white people who sympathize with the brown people or black people are just as bad as them. Yep. And so that's probably where he's coming from with that. That's probably, and and to give some credence back to the whole he was racist. I'm doing this for for the whole during his administration, even up until current times. Mm -hmm. Brown people are arrested and convicted four to one to white people for marijuana. Yeah, four to one. Four to one. And this has been a consistent, consistent stat from the beginning of making marijuana illegal. It's not that brown people smoke it more than white people. Oh, Dude, God, I no. Way, oh. I know way more white people than smoke it. It's just that when a white person gets... If Johnny were to get arrested for oh, it... No, well, no, like, hey, no, 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 here's hey, the thing. Here's the thing. Out for it. Or it's not even arrested. I if would not be arrested. If car, I got pulled over... It would have been like, ah, we're going to dump this out. If it was a brown person, it's going to be... A ah, let's go ahead and search the rest of the car. Let's search your background history. Let's see everything else. And we're going to go ahead and take you in because this is slightly more than whatever the minimum amount is. Uh, yeah, that, and that's what I was was gonna say is, as a white person, if I had it in my car and I got pulled over, they'd be they I would be I would be given a ticket. Worst case scenario. Now I know back. this because it's happened to a personal friend of mine who uh, had it in his car and then he got caught with it, and they're like, "All right, well, we'll just you know here's a ticket, whatever." He messed up a couple more times, got caught again, and ended up 
getting f for it. But you know what? Are, what are you gonna do? Uh, he was given plenty of chances that that people yeah, of color would not have been given. So now I'm going to backpedal just a scotch here because Nixon administration and his White House actually didn't really have any time to to create a war on drugs because there was a whole Watergate thing that he had to resign for. Oh um, yeah, yeah. What was that about? Uh, did he do something <laughs> bad? Yeah, he did something bad. He did the bad thing. Okay. He did the bad thing. He did the bad thing where he spied on the. Actually, he did what everybody does nowadays. He got caught. But like we and he did it poorly. Deal back then. Yeah, he got caught. He did it poorly, and yeah. he was an idiot and fucking recorded everything. And, and like that's why you recordings. should punish him. Yeah, it's it's not to punish the act. It's to let people in the future know what they stupid. have to avoid doing. Yeah. So uh, so so his administration only actually had three actions on the war on drugs. And first, he did actually end the federal minimum laws on marijuana possession. So. Well, his administration. So he, wait, he ended the he federal ended minimum? So, yeah, on marijuana. The so federal what does that minimum mean? on marijuana. So that, that whole, if you got caught with marijuana, you could serve at least two years in jail. Or okay, 10. the federal minimum sentencing, not a minimum that, amount of marijuana. Gotcha. No, okay, no, gotcha, the, gotcha. The, the, that, 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 went away, that went away with his administration. It didn't affect the states and the individual state laws that did their own thing. And actually, there were still states. And that's that still, still the same stuff that's happening. Minimum laws. Yeah, and it's still the same stuff that's happening. But he did actually end that as from a federal standpoint. Uh, second, uh, he did force every serviceman to take a heroin test before coming back to the United States. And if they failed that test, uh, they could not enter the United States until no. they passed it. So, uh, but don't worry. Uh, he did offer you rehab if you failed it. So that's nice because that's heroin, nice. if I know any drugs, pot's the one that sticks in your system the longest. Yeah, heroin's out. In you can detect up to a month or whatever. Heroin's got to be out in a I day, mean, 20, 48 yeah. hours. You got to be good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, if people are know they have a test and they're testing, you're probably going to need some help if you yeah. can't pass that test. <laughs> Now, <laughs> his only combat action uh, during his whole war on drugs things and, and for his administration was Operation Intercept, which actually happened before he even kicked off the war on drugs. Okay. Uh, was it this happened like a... In, anyway, go ahead. It was ahead, a precursor. It happened in... Yeah, I'm going to tell you. It happened in September <laughs> oh of 1969, before the war existed, and it was supposed to curb the import of marijuana yeah. through the Mexican border. Because, again, it's all brown people's fault that we have marijuana. And of nobody course. grows in the United States. It didn't no. naturally grow in the United States at all on its own. It only comes from Mexico. No, the best shit doesn't come from the Pacific Northwest at all. <laughs> in any case. So his plan here was to have an intense crackdown and inspection on all things, vehicles, personnel, everything coming in or Jeez. out of the United States border across Mexico. Everybody gets searched. Yep. Every vehicle gets searched. Now, the problem with this is that he made that the responsibility of all the border states. And who then, are like, why do we don't have the resources for this shit, right? And if there's no stopping, way they have the resources. It, they, there's no way that they have the resources. And if you have one dude at the border stopping every vehicle, it's pretty much going to stop all traffic on the border, right? Oh, it's going to fuck everything up. Yeah, you can't do that. So the policy only lasts 20 days before the border states go, we're not doing Yeah, we have created... We literally shut down the economy on the border for your stupid bullshit inspection. 15-hour yeah. traffic jam because I got to search every one of these damn cars. So in reality, Nixon really didn't do anything on the war on drugs because he didn't have any time to because, you know, the, he was a shithead and got kicked out. And that's, I mean, in this abrupt stop as this is going to be, that's, that's, that's the start of the whole war on drugs from, from when drugs were legal to when drugs were illegal to up to Nixon where the term actually gets coined as the war on drugs for him because, you know, going after heroin and brown people for that. 
there we are. We haven't got yet to uh, things that you've alluded to before, Johnny, about right. the whole CIA and that kind of stuff. We're going to get there to the next episode when we bring up uh, when we bring up old Ronald Reagan. So uh, so stay tuned for that, and, and hopefully in a couple of weeks. Ah, looking forward to the Reagan years. That's it for this week in Historic Hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us next week when we do a movie review of Glory.